the, the passage that Jonathan read this morning was very interesting. Uh, took, God took a, a guy that was killing the church and turned him into the greatest Christian in history, I think. And uh, the disciples were petrified as he was brought to them. And they, had, they rightly so because he had been murdering people. But uh, Paul's call to ministry was fantastic. Don't expect that type of a call to happen to you, uh, God, Jesus Christ speaking to you from, from heaven. Uh, but I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the call. What, what time do we have? We go to 12? 12, 15, 30. Apparently I go really long sometimes. So I realize it, so. you, guys want to leave, you guys want to be done by 12. I, there's, man... Just, I gotta talk real fast. I gotta do it. Lunch and then the I'll I'll talk in Portuguese that way we can get done quicker. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to talk. What'd you say? Say what? <laughs> Amen. Uh, the the call. What's the call? Uh, what is the call? How do how do, would you describe the call? What would, what do you think about it? The call. I've heard that through my missionary career before. It. I, I wanted to know what the call was about. Uh, knew that missionaries would come and just say that the Lord has called us to Brazil to preach the gospel. I'm like, how did that happen? You know, what did did he like write on the wall like he did in Daniel's day? Or we left it. We had a chalkboard by our phone. We had a phone on the wall, believe it or not, kids, and uh, it had a long cord and it was a springy cord, so you could walk about six feet away, and it was really cool. But uh, I t tell the Lord, if you just write us right down the, there what we're supposed to do or where we're supposed to go. Or I heard people say, I saw a picture in the National Geographic and God called us to. And so I was waiting for the, that and uh, hoping to go to Hawaii or something like that. But figured that would be hard to raise support going to Hawaii. But uh, how did God call people in the Old Testament? We know that he talked to several individuals in the Old Testament. He didn't do it on a regular basis, but through the, through the history of the Old Testament, Noah was talked to God. God told him what to do. And uh, Abraham, the call to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, Moses, you remember, that is a classic for me because Moses was like me in, in two ways. When God called him, he was really old. He was 80 years old. I was only 40, but I was, I was in my 40s. Uh, Moses had a lot of excuses, and God finally said, you're going to go. Whether you like it or not, you're going to go, so get ready. I see my people suffering, and I'm going to save them. And that was the good part. Then he said, Moses, you go. and you." So we know that God did that in the Old Testament, did it with Isaiah. Uh, one of my favorite passages in Jeremiah chapter 1 where he, he tells Jeremiah when he says, I'm just a child. And he said, before I formed you in the womb, I had a plan for you. And so Jeremiah knew that God had called him. And each of them received uh, that call, taking a spiritual message to the people. A lot of times it was a message of judgment. Uh, but God called specific people in that way in the Old Testament. He wanted to be known. A lot of times you'll see that phrase, so that they will know who I am. In the Old Testament, it worked that way. Sometimes in the New Testament, we just read a passage this morning, Paul's conversion. Uh, Jesus had spoken specifically to him, made him blind, and left him helpless, and that began the 
the life of Paul in Christ. Uh, Jesus' message in the New Testament was a message of repentance, remember that, and the kingdom of God. is the same message that John had preached. He preached about the kingdom of God and the coming Messiah. And Jesus' last words have got to be the classic missionary text. You've heard them hundreds of times if you've had missionaries in here. In fact, when I heard the name Patton's, they were a part of that missions conference that we were a part of back in 1996. John Patton going to Spain. Uh, I think they're still there. But What? Peru? Wow. Peru's desolate. But um, Matthew 28 18, do you remember what that verse says? It's the verse that we kind of skip over when we go to the last verse, last two verses that we say are the Great Commission. But what what does verse 18 say of Matthew 28? To you. Yeah. Jesus came to them and he said, All authority is given to me All authority what? All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. So, with that in mind, you go and you make disciples. And uh, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. All authority is given to Christ. And Christ was saying, you guys are going to do the same thing because I'm passing that authority on to you. Remember in Acts chapter 1, verse 8? Go, no, see, uh, let me read that. Acts 1, 8, help me out. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to most parts of the world. That that outgoing bullseye that we see sometimes in presentations, how they started in their own backyard, then they moved to their town, then they moved to their county, then they moved to their state, and then they moved to the uttermost parts of the world. They were to do what with the authority? Teach what Jesus had taught them. They were to pass it on to others. Another famous text, another familiar text, to uh, a missions text that we used actually on our first prayer card. That was a real jewel. Uh, but it was in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, or verse 1 and 2. Just a second here. Yeah, first one and two. This is from the Legacy Standard Bible, so it's a little bit different, sort of like the NASB. You therefore, my child, he's talking to Timothy, Paul, uh, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. There's the chain of, of discipleship, the chain of what Jesus had passed his men and in the way that was explained this morning uh, Paul received that message to go and make disciples so teach someone not just anything because we could teach science or we could teach math but we're to teach what Jesus had passed to his disciples they were to pass that on to someone else who would be able to understand it to the point of passing it on to someone else Jesus said to do this with his authority. A lot of times we we shudder at the idea that or at the uh, at the idea of sharing our 
testimony or Christ with others, when in actuality, we have the authority of the Creator to do that. We're not, sometimes the, the idea is, pray to the Lord that that little tiny church in Tatawi is doing well. And it's tiny. It's in, to, to you, it's in Timbuktu. It's in that place that you've never been. And we're happy to see that little outpost. But Jesus was not necessarily saying that to his men. He was saying, I want all of Tatawi. I want all of Brazil. I want, to, I want that. I want you to spread the word there. And I want you to make disciples everyone. And, and in that process, he was saying, I will be with you in that whole process. So that's the call. But now who do we think of when we think of that call? Back in my day, when I was a little kid years ago, uh, I thought that it was those people that came to church and they shared their testimonies and they sang in different languages and they dressed funny because they got all of their clothes out of a missionary barrel and they went off to Timbuktu, to Bongo Bongo. And yay, they did it. I'm so glad they're doing that thing. But is that what, what Jesus was saying? Who was he giving that authority to? He was giving it to who? Who was he giving the, he was, he was saying to who? His followers, his disciples, those that had followed him those three short years, he was passing his authority on to them. And so in actuality, he was passing it on to the believers, the first believers. And in a miraculous way, those first believers that were still arguing about who was going to be the greatest on the night of the uh, the Lord's Supper when he, he passed the wine and he passed the bread and he said, this is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. That same night, they were still arguing about who was going to be the greatest. I mean, these guys were pieces of work. Unbelievable. Peter, I will die with, for you. I will go with you to death. And then... Jesus said, no, that's not going to work out that way. You're going to deny me before the rooster crows. Jesus was passing his authority onto those guys, one of whom would betray him. Before he passed the authority on, Judas was gone, but they were to pass that message. And guess what? It worked. We're here in Royal Oak, which back in Jesus' day... What was over here? Who knows? They probably had some trendy restaurant somewhere over here, but not much else. <laughs> you guys are privileged. But uh, we're here talking about what Jesus talked about back then, the call. Because those guys did what Jesus said. But, Mike, they were the disciples. Yeah, they were. Who are the disciples? Well, what are disciples? They're followers of Jesus Christ. What are we? What makes a person go to another place to tell others about Jesus? Do you have to have that? I've heard people say, I've never felt the call. Like it's this mystery 
mysterious, yes, I want to go to Brazil. <laughs> Brazilians are so special. Uh, yeah. But that's what sometimes we, we think about, don't we? We think about it has to be this tingly feeling in my stomach, and, or I, I just have to see that perfect picture on National Geographic cover. <gasps> Look at those poor people. I need to go there. That's not what the call is. The call is, is made to people like you and I. Uh, I'm going to include you in this with me. Normal people. <laughs> We're normal people. Whatever a normal per- person is in your life, we are that part of part of that group of people that have been called. Uh, I've heard people uh, say, "I could, I can't go because I have too many bills." That's often the the big snag, or maybe it's the good excuse that can't be escaped. I've got too many bills to pay off, or I ha- I'm. Too who I'm too afraid to talk in front of people. Or maybe it's, I've got kids, you know. Gotta put my kids through school. I had a person in an audience like this one time say to me, I'm up here, and from the back, I have question and answer, as always is. And, and he's like, what are you going to do with your girls while you're on your mission? Uh, we're going to hire a babysitter for four years? I don't know. I thought that was really bizarre. Uh, he was he was of the opinion that Brazil is dangerous, and you're going to take those little girls over to Brazil. Mm, you shouldn't do that. Uh, but what what is our excuse? Well, sometimes we, I I would use this one. I used all of Moses's, and I would use this one too. I'm already serving at church. I'm in the deacons. I'm on the missions committee. Uh, I'm willing to cut the grass. I'm willing to visit every now and then. And none of those things are wrong. But I was using those because I didn't feel the call. I thought it was some special thing that was supposed to happen in my life that would let me know that I was supposed to be sharing Jesus Christ with other people. And in fact, the end of Matthew is like so so blatant that Jesus says you've got the authority you've got all the authority you don't need anything else you just go and I was in a church one time that I was sharing this verse and waxing eloquent in the Greek and uh, I had five semesters of Greek at William Tyndale College years ago and uh, I don't know if you're like this or not but the Greek was it was cool but then use it later on not much but this time I was I was sharing with the people how what Jesus said in that passage is because I heard from somebody else probably MacArthur but anyway uh, Jesus was saying while you are going share the gospel make disciples while you're going in other words you're not going to stick around here you're going to go and when you're doing that you're going to be sharing you're going to be making disciples and afterwards, we were invited to go to somebody's house for lunch, as we often were. And uh, I walked in with the front room, and, and there on the wall was this framed page, framed page from the 1611 King James Bible. I'm like, oh boy, what's this all about? And I, so I asked the guy, I said, what, is that a, yeah, it's from, the, it's from the King James, from the original, one of the original copies of the King James. I'm like, wow. I said, what do you do for a living? He says, I'm a linguist. 
I read from the Greek Bible and I read from the Hebrew Bible. And she, what planet did you come from, man? So I said, well, how was my Greek this morning? He said, yeah, you did pretty good. <laughs> His name is Glenn Kerr, and he, uh, he works for Bibles International. And he, he came to us a few weeks ago. And he, said, he comes up to me like, he's, he's glad to see me. And I'm like, what is, what's going on? And he, he whips out a book and he opens the page and there's our original prayer card. And he said, I said, wow, that's an original 1995 jewel card. You know, that's worth some money. <laughs> he said, I, I, you know, I do pray for you guys. Oh, wow, that was humbling. He'd been praying for us all these years. But back to the original question about the call. How'd you get called? Why are you the pastor? Because you get money for doing it right. No. No. That's not the reason. What the point of this whole talk is about is that we're all called. We're all called. And we have the authority of Jesus Christ to take the message of the cross to the world. Sometimes we get in the huddle mode where we were just, I hear this all the time. Even so, come Lord Jesus and get us out of here. What if he doesn't? What if he doesn't come for 150 years or 200 or 1,000 years? Then what? Oh, brother, we messed that up. We, we sometimes have that mentality that we're just waiting for Jesus to get us out of here so that we can be with him and be in glory, not remembering that maybe he wants to use us right now. Maybe he wants to change our direction and head us in a different direction and that's what happened years ago with a, a missionary that came to speak at our church he he threw out he threw me a curve i probably shared this before but i'm gonna share it again uh he threw me a curve because i was ready for all of his little questions to get me to walk an aisle he was going to say if god's called you to preach you know come down here and confess your sin and be a preacher that wasn't me if you, if God's calling you to be a missionary, come on down. Nope, wasn't me. He just said, if you think that God can use you anyway, full time, come down here. Dedicate your life to God. Immediately what happened in my brain, this kind of answers your question about the, the rival in Brazil. Immediately what happened in my brain was, no, this is not for me. <laughs> Just see how immediately resistant to, uh, it can't be me because I have bills to pay. I have a job. How could I survive without a job? I have little girls. I don't have that much money. I don't like talking in front of people. And that struggle only lasted for about 10 seconds. I'm clutching the pew and I'm saying, it's not for me. And then I thought, okay, I'll go. And I walked to the, the aisle at Lake Orion is like five times longer than this. I mean, it's really long. And at that point in time, there was like 350 people. So imagine how many eyes. 350, 700 eyeballs. They were all closed, but I knew that somebody was peeking. <laughs> Who's going up there? What's Jewel doing? All those kids up there and Jewel's up there? I was thinking the same thing. What am I doing? I get up there and there's some junior church kids. There's a couple of teens. My sister was one of them. And this old guy, 28-year-old me. And I'm like, why am I here? And it was simply understanding that God was saying, I want you to just open your hand. 
and say, you can have whatever you want. You can have all my stuff and can send me anywhere if you want to. That, I whispered that one because I thought, oh, I don't want him to hear that. I don't want to go to Africa. I don't want to. I hate bugs. I don't like eating bugs. I don't want to go. I don't want to live in a grass house. I don't want... But I'm willing to go if you want me to. That's how I said it. And uh, I've told this one before, too, but I walk back to my pew, and Dawn's, she's still in prayer, I'm sure, fervent prayer. And then she goes, what did you just do? <laughs> I said, I don't know, but I think it was really big. <laughs> and that was, that was me understanding for the first time that Matthew 28, 18 through 20 was for me. For me, this this weird old guy that worked at GM, truck and coach, painting trucks, maybe God could use me. And uh, years later, a guy from Sterling Heights came down for a missions trip, and he spent a week with us. and And he uh, he introduced me as a speaker at First Baptist when we came home. And he, his revelation was amazing. He said, I came back from this trip realizing that if God can use Mike Jewell, he can use anybody. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I said, yes, thank you for that in- introduction, John. Uh, I think of Balaam's mule when you said that. You know, he used the donkey to talk to Balaam, and he can use me to talk to people too. So my point this morning, and I'm done basically, is that don't think of Matthew 28, 18 and through 20 as something for missionaries, but think of it's, it's for me. Missionary is a fancy term for uh, people like us who are willing to say, Father, I trust you. I trust you. I didn't trust it. I, I didn't trust you. I, I had trusted him all my life, but I, I worked at Truck and Coach, and I, I was receiving a weekly paycheck. It's easy to trust God when he's giving you a weekly paycheck. He, he helped me buy a car. He helped me buy a house. He helped me to have babies with my wife. Of course, we had three girls, and uh, we, had, uh, uh, we were doing good. We were in a good church. And so it's easy to trust God like that. It's easy. Because thank you for your daily provision. Thank you for my job. Thank you. It's when you're going to cut the umbilical cord from your work and say, oof, uh, this ain't going to work. You know how confident I was that it was going to work out? I left my quit papers with my mom, and I said, Mom, if I'm not back in six months, (laughs) I had somehow enough time that I could take a leave of absence for quite a while. If I'm not back in six months, send this letter into General Motors, severing my time with them. Those first six months went by, and I was thinking, I'm never going to get this language. I'm just going to probably have to go back. And then it, we didn't. And she sent him in. And it was like, oh. During my time there, there would be periods of time which would come, and, and I would say, if I'd have only stayed at GM, I could retire by now. Because I was set to retire like in 2000, 2002. Then I would say, you are crazy because you are here in Brazil. You're serving the Lord. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? The Lord gave me the privilege of serving him in Brazil. I'd often turn to my wife. We're on a street corner somewhere, almost get run over by somebody, and I'd say, how many of your friends would love to be where we are right now? And she'd say, I don't know of anybody, really. (laughs) 
but it was it was a great privilege and uh, we thank the Lord that he allowed us to do that and I don't want you to miss it if he's got it for you it, you could you can give him your excuses go to Exodus I believe it's chapter 3, 4, 5, where Moses starts just telling God why he can't do stuff. He finally says, I, 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 I've never been good speaking in front of people. And God says, what? Who made your mouth? Who made your mouth? You just get down there and do what I told you to do. And look what God did with Moses. Moses, you know, his profession before he became the leader of Israel, he was a shepherd for 40 years. Talk about a loser. Middle of the desert, herding sheep for 40 years. And yet God took him and made him the great Moses that we remember God used to part the Red Sea to do those plagues and all the miracles that happened because of him. Why? Basically, God made him do it. Be open to what God has for you. Don't use age. How old was Noah when he started building the ark? 350 years old, something like that, you're not going to live that long, but you might be 40. You might be 50. Abraham was 90, 100 years old when he had his child. Don't shortchange God because the call is not mysterious. It's open to all of us. And it's just basically a matter of us surrendering to that call and saying, Father, I will, I will go anywhere you want me to go. I will give you everything I have. It's not much, but what I have I'll give to you. And let God do the rest. Will it be tough? Sometimes. Will it be cool when you get done? Yeah, it will be. It will be a special time when you look back and say, I am so thankful that God didn't give up on me. I am so thankful that he allowed me to serve in Brazil. I had a friend of mine who works, still works at GM. He hired him in 77. And he, he's, he was originally from Lake Orion. And uh, he said to me recently, he said, back when you said you were going to quit and go to Brazil, I thought you were nuts. And I said, I did too. I often look in the mirror and say, you are stupid. Don't go. Don't quit. But he says, now I see that you weren't. And I, I see the same thing too. And I praise the Lord for the opportunity. And I thank you all for being a part of our support team. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank you for how you can use us. Though we are weak, though we are simple, though we are frail, though we think we can't do things, you can use us because you are God. We thank you that Jesus left his authority with us and he actually commanded us to use that authority to make disciples, which sounds complicated, but basically means sharing you and ourselves with other people. Father, uh, that last hymn we sang uh, together, not necessarily the one that we sang as a duet with the church, but the one before that where it just said that uh, go and share yourselves with other people. It was so so poignant, and I thank you for allowing us to, to be a part of your work. I thank you that you can use us, that you have used us, and you're continuing to use us. I pray for everyone here this morning, Father, that if there be someone here this morning that that uh, has understood this morning that, that the call is not mysterious, it's just following what Jesus said, 
to do that um, they might surrender to the call of, of missions. Take our place in Brazil or wherever you lead them. But I just pray that your Holy Spirit would work in Jesus' name. Amen.